Unspeakable Podcast. We are live. We're it live. is the third episode of the year. Third episode of the year. Yes. It is Wednesday, third Wednesday, January 16th, 2019. Uh, we are fully into the new year now. Three episodes into season four. So of we our wonderful are, program. Yep, we are currently more functional than our government. It's true. We're we're uh, we're, we're we're firing on all cylinders here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you're not familiar with what we are, the Media Boat Podcast is your source for news about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. I'm telling everyone that we're live right now because it's, true. it's what we do. It's that we are very very live. Uh, so yeah, uh, kind of like we kind of were talking about off off the cast here. Weird week. It was a slow week for it's... most things in the world. Uh, like I like I said, our government is shut down, so mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of things going on these days. No, except for but... if you're in the video game industry. Oh yeah, or we'll media to. industry. Yeah, entertainment. There's some. We found stuff to talk about. There's some things. Happening. There's stuff happening. And man, it's a war, it's also, award season. Uh, for where there uh, where the music news lacks, there is a lot of music releases this week. Big release week for music, but we'll get to that later as well. But we better start off at the top of every episode here. You're doing this reverse. I need this with <laughs> box office. We start with movies, and we start with box office numbers from the previous weekend. This last weekend, uh, this was a shocker to me. I did not expect this to be your number one movie. I don't think most people did. But your number one movie was The Upside, the Kevin Hart, uh, Brian Cranston uh, drama? Comedy drama? Dramedy? Comedy? Uh, that debuted last week to $20 million. So Kevin Hart doesn't host the Oscars, but gets number one at the box office. So where's there? Consolation prize. And doesn't deserve it. No. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, actually, a coworker of mine uh, last week asked me, it's like, I have between the choice between three movies uh, to see this weekend. All right, what do we see? What am I going to see? And he said the three were uh, Mary Poppins, Vice, and The Upside. Was this me? No. No. This was <laughs> someone I work with, and uh, I, 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 I had the exact him, well, same. it depends. I, I think that really it's between two of those movies. Vice and Mary Poppins, it depends on which one, which mood you're in. Like I said, like, are you in for a family movie with music, or are you in for a comedy? Did he go with the third option? He went with the upside, uh, <laughs> and told me about it on Monday, and said that he liked it, was surprised how good it was, considering it was a Kevin Hart movie, because even he does not like Kevin Hart. Woo! So yeah. I'm I, not alone. I was shocked. Uh, so people like this movie. Enough to see it, to the tune of $20 million debut. Apparently. Which is, you know... It's a pretty good uh, chunk of money there. Right now, and for the budget of that movie, which is probably pretty cheap. Yeah, plus now it can advertise number one movie in America. Yeah, that's true. Number two, uh, Aquaman, uh, with another $17 million. That's at $287 million domestic. Yes, and internationally it crossed the $1 billion mark. As we predicted it would, or as yep. you most uh, specifically predicted it would. Yeah. <laughs> a Dog's Way Home. Uh, debuted at number three with $11 million. The puppies. Puppy movie. You know what this is. I don't need to explain it. It's, it's a dog way finding its way home. Spider-Man but not Homeward Bound. the Spider-Verse enjoyed another week in the top five. Number four, another $9 million, adding to its $147 million. Respectable. I think that thing is officially making a profit now. I think it's uh, turning a profit yeah. uh, from the overseas market. Of course, right Spider-Man is in the news for other reasons, but we'll get to there oh, later. Oh, that later. And number five, Escape Room, 
with $8 million uh, adding to its $32 million total. If you're wondering, by the way, Where's where the other debut from last week is. That Keanu Reeves Replicas movie? Replicas. It debuted at way down at number 13. With a measly $2.3 million. Uh, I, I, I don't wish ill on any movie in particular, but... <laughs> damn. Well, considering that I had seen literally nothing about this, and the only mention I've heard was from you explaining to me on this very podcast last week, I'm not surprised nobody saw it. So I'm the source <laughs> of people finding out what movies are being released? Or, or just nobody knew about this Or just nobody knew about this thing. They're doing a bad job with it. One of the two. Yeah. But you can thank yourself if you want. This my, my own pat on the back there. Yeah. This weekend, one movie. One measly movie. One movie? Uh, wait. But if it's, it's one movie, it's got to be a big movie there. Eh, big may be stretching it a bit, but it is a sequel to a movie from, well, let's do the math here, 13, 14, 15 years ago, give or take. How long ago was Split? Oh, sorry, I forgot about Split. <laughs> this is technically not a sequel to Split. It's technically a sequel to the movie that preceded it in the, cron- technically, in the timeline. It's a, technically, it's a sequel to both. Yes, you're, you're correct. M. Night Shyamalan is back with a third in his, I guess, now a trilogy. I guess. Uh, starting with yeah. Unbreakable, yep. uh, then with Split from a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and now Glass. So, yeah, it, it involves some of the characters from those movies specifically unbreakable yeah um it's a follow-up i guess to that follow-up to split and it's weird to think about that james mcavoy watched unbreakable as a kid and then went on to become an actor and is now starring in the sequel to that film that is weird when you say it that way i'm sorry to break it down life but yeah, yeah. bruce willis and Samuel l jackson reprised their roles alongside james mcavoy and who's the female doctor in that uh i don't remember um, oh, um, Marsh. Sarah Marsh, I think. You're telling me. Um, she was in um, the OJ lawyer. Sure. Girl. Okay. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Marsh? I think. Her I don't name. know what you're talking about. Sarah Paulson was in the OJ stuff. Yes. Are you talking about Sarah Paulson? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Sarah Paulson. Anyways. Sarah Marsh. <laughs> well, because I think Sarah Marsh might have been the character's name. Maybe. The lawyer's name, but not Sarah Paulson. Who the hell knows? And yeah. the only movie coming out this weekend, so I guess if you're going to see something brand spanking new, you'll be seeing Glass. I guess we'll be seeing that. All right, let's move on. Our next uh, uh, part is, of course, to talk about movie news. All right, and first up. First up. Uh, we have some uh, interesting, uh, an interesting story because you know, in the time-honored Hollywood tradition of two things coming out around the same time, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, for example, you had Armageddon, Deep Impact. You had Ants and the Bugs Life. You had White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen. Right. Well, uh, the most recent example of this is uh, between two streaming networks, and both involve documentaries about the Fire Festival. And no, that's not us, even though we have been streaming and talking about the Fire Festival <laughs> since we heard about it. <laughs> so yeah, if you remember the Fire Festival, it was that best music and arts festival that was supposed to happen, didn't happen, and, or did happen, I guess, for a day? It happened, and then, like, everything went to shit because of it, right. of the poor planning. 
And then the aftermath of it involved the the own like the the the, the Ja Rule, you know, getting, Ja Rule and uh, <laughs> McFarland, Bobby McFarland. Yeah, like we covered this thing for like yeah, a year. We covered this thing. <laughs> Look it up if you don't know what the what the details were. But there are two, not one, but two documentaries coming out about this. Uh, one on Hulu. Uh, which debuted yesterday, I believe. Yep. And one on Netflix debuting on Friday. Friday. So, uh, yeah, the one on Netflix premieres the 18th. Uh, the directors are, I guess, have directed Jim and Andy, which uh, was the um, uh, Jim Carrey Jim. documentary about his connection to Andy Kaufman. Yes. And about him on the set of uh, Man on the Moon. Yes. Uh, this is, yes, their next movie. I believe that was award-nominated, Jim and Andy. Yes, yes it was. But uh, important to note here, and I didn't know this until somebody on Twitter pointed this out. I guess the di- there is some differences about the uh, two documentaries on the streaming services available, besides just the directors and approach. Well, I would sure hope so. The one on Netflix, notably, is financed by a person who apparently was himself involved in financing the actual fire Festival. Ah. So some people are saying, maybe don't watch the Netflix one because it He's might du- not be the real story. He's trying to double dip and yeah. trying to do a PR move here. However, people who have watched the Hulu one already say it's very good. Okay. So my, uh, my uh, uh, suggestion here is to check out the Hulu one and... Probably don't check out the Netflix one, just in case. Unless you only have access to Netflix. Then yeah, then I guess. Then I guess you're you're kind of stuck there, but... Either way, uh, it was a stupid thing, and it's cool that we have these documents uh, to record for posterity how stupid it was. This well-documented uh, shit show going on. <laughs> Seriously, yes. Our next story, moving on, is about um, Christopher McQuarrie. Of course, he was the director of the most recent uh, Mission Impossible movie, Fallout. Yes, I skipped this. That's why there's no picture for those of you watching the stream. <laughs> I forgot this was an actual story. Yes, this is a story. Paramount uh, was pretty happy with the success of Fallout. Uh, um, made $790 million, uh, worldwide. I was pretty happy with Fallout, uh, given that mm-hmm. the production troubles behind it. Yeah, people loved it. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Uh, well enjoyed it more than... Um, was the one before that? Rogue Nation? Yeah. Well, guess what? They were so happy with him. They brought him back for two more. They're having him write and direct. The it, next he was two so sequels. nice, they brought him back twice. It's true. Um, this is a, a notable change in the uh, Mission Impossible um, um, uh, leg- legacy, I guess you could say. Because well, yeah, it's, cause it's also one that I personally don't like. Well, but also, like, yeah, it's yeah. just, in the past, Tom Cruise usually is the person picking the directors of these films. Right. Because he's kind of seen at Paramount as the person who is in charge of these movies. This franchise is his. Right, and it was him who decided that I want to work with specific directors who bring different visions. And I thought that was cool. New new entry, yeah. different director. But at the same time, though, Tom Cruise is probably pretty happy with how these last two movies have ended up. So it's not too uh, I think surprising. his uh, paycheck is pretty happy too. Exactly. So it's not too surprising that he's that he's probably given the go ahead for this as well. Yeah. So yeah, both films will be shot back to back with the first film uh, showing in 2021, and then the next one in the following summer in 2022. Tom That's Cruise has also signed on with film following his role as Maverick in the Top Gun sequel. Yes, so, Top Gun: Colon Maverick currently shooting. 
Yes. Uh, due out in 2021, I think, or 2020. Yeah. I saw some people on yeah. the internet concerned, though, as Tom Cruise gets older and considering how old he will be he's, when he's these shoots 50-ish happen. already. The, the question is, is he still going to do all the stunts, or... Or how much stunts can he do? Like, how scary it is if, like, something really terrible happens to Tom Cruise. Or, or Tom Cruise, start showing your age, please. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but weird. Uh, but yeah, more Mission Impossible uh, by a, uh, a hit director, so that's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a good payday. Uh, he, Macquarie will write and direct, uh, as he did with Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where they go from here, yeah, considering that the last one was to literally prevent a nuclear war. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know how much further you go after that. Uh, if But if anyone could do it, it's the Mission Impossible series. Yep. They've been very creative, and that's why people go see them. This is true. Uh, you know, else is also very creative. Marvel? Our bits section. The bits. Okay, so now it's the It's bits. actually not that very creative, but I just wanted to segue. Okay. It's time for the bits. We have all sorts of little stories uh, that we wanted to sweep into a nice compact uh, shape for us to pick up. Yep, everything so, that's not too big to be its own story, but still very important to give it a shout out. So here are the hits first up. Uh, the hits, uh, I mean bits. The bits. Uh, but they're also hits. Uh, because the first one is definitely going to be a hit. Spider-Man Far From Home got its Ooh. teaser trailer this week. Yep, the first trailer, and people are already speculating how this is affecting Avengers Endgame. Um, it also got the first images, or I guess images, I guess, of uh, Quentin Beck, uh, a.k.a. Jake Gyllenhaal, playing Mysterio. Right. Which is great, because he still has the fishbowl head. It's awesome. I saw some stuff about a Hydro Man. Yes. Uh, apparently, they'll be <laughs> facing the Elementals, or supposedly facing the Elementals, okay. as Quentin Beck is an illusionist and could be creating these disasters to make him look like a hero. I just love the name Hydro Man. Yes. Some people on the internet, internet were talking about Hydro Man. Got there's really Hydro Man, there's Pyro Man, there's Sandman, and there's Electro Man. Sandman they did in uh, Spider-Man 3, right? Yes. Okay. So he's been in a Spider-Man movie. But as I said, there, there's four of them, and they're elementals, and yeah, right. it's, it's exciting. Next up in the bits, Bad Boys 3 has begun filming. Yes, officially. Um, Will Smith in that? Will Smith officially okay. signed on. Uh, he's officially doing Bad Boys 3. Is, uh, is Michael Bay directing? That is the question, right? I believe he is actually I, I mean you can't really do it without him right right and then I think Martin Lawrence is also there because what else yeah. is he doing what else is Martin Lawrence uh, then uh, Jordan Peele's Us his next film and his follow up to Get Out mm -hmm. will open South by Southwest Film Festival this year yes uh, my doctor recently saw a trailer for that yeah. and was super confused. confused. Yeah, we all are. We all are. Believe me. Uh, we'll have to wait for more information yep. about what uh, exactly us is. What is us? What is us? What, what are us? This is us. No, this is us as a TV that's series. That's it for the bits. You saw a movie. Uh, yeah, some thoughts here. You have some thoughts about a movie uh, that is uh, one of the ones that are on a lot of people's radar for award season. Yes, it is. Uh, you saw Adam McKay's Vice. I saw Will Ferrell's Vice. Well, that too. He's in it. Uh, no, Will Ferrell is not in it. He's not in it? No, he is a producer via his oh, he's a Gary Jackson. Oh, he's a producer. Via Gary Sanchez. Who cares about producers? 
Uh, apparently, my daughter, she, she was like, oh, Will Ferrell produced this. It's like, yeah, in name only. <laughs> yeah, but... Because Adam McKay. <laughs> right, because Adam McKay is the person who matters here. Right. He directed and wrote this? Yes. Okay. So, of course, this is the movie that yes, this is, is a fictional take, or a fictionalized take, I guess you could say, on the life and times of our former vice president, Dick Cheney. Yes, uh, Vice uh, follows yes. the story of one Dick Cheney. Uh, played by Christian Bale as he goes from Christian Bale a, in a fat suit, basically. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a really well done fat suit. <laughs> Several times I was like, I keep forgetting I'm watching Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the Gary Oldman thing right. from last year where it was like, oh yeah, that's supposed to be Gary Oldman. Does this no. get a makeup nod? Is that what you're it, saying? So All yeah. Right. Uh, as I was walking, I was like, okay, this thing's gonna get a story nod, it's gonna get a directing nod, best picture nod, best actor nod, best makeup. Uh, wardrobe, maybe, and maybe one for Amy Adams for supporting actress. Okay. So yeah, based on just that, this is a pretty good movie. Okay. Uh, it's told really well. Uh, the first half of it goes by rather fast because it throws a lot of facts at you. Um, basically, the preempt of Dick Cheney from him becoming a um, an intern for a congressman, uh, and then moving up. Fast forward about 30 years between this through the 70s, 80s, and 90s to when he decided to... To today. No. Just through the 70s, 80s, 90s. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I can't hear that and not think of like a soft rock radio station. It, it's... Uh, the I 80s, know. 90s, and, and today. today. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> you guess I'm thinking about that. <laughs> or, or as uh, my heart radio says, and Y2K. And Y2K. Yes. Uh, Stupid. <laughs> it is. But anyways, yeah. If kind of fast forwards through uh, Dick Cheney through those first thirty years, because he's basically the silent man, the advisor, the the moving around puppeteer before he gets out of politics, uh-huh. and then gets brought back into politics via George Bush. Right. And that's when the film like really kicks it into. I want to say high gear because that seems like you're going super fast. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what like all the stuff you like have in at least a general sense about because it's the part that everybody expects to see in this movie, right? The the part of his uh, life that most people are familiar with. Yeah, because when you hear Dick Cheney, you think Vice President Dick Cheney, right? Not Secretary of Defense, uh, <laughs> Speaker, uh, um, uh, the House, whatever else. Yeah, yeah Secretary, uh, yeah, the Senate Secretary or whatever. Like, all the pre-stuff before it. But all that is important because as he came up, it basically chronologically like, oh, he met this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. I was like, wow, those were all names I recognized that I yeah. didn't realize he knew way back then uh-huh. that actually made an impact into now. And he chose to work with again later in his career. Yes. Yes. So it was really interesting in that aspect and then really interesting from the vice presidency on. As it definitely made George Bush look more of a dumbass than he probably actually is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was played by Sam Rockwell, who did a really good job, but uh-huh. also like a really pared down single version of what George W. Bush sure. is like. Yeah. But that's also played up for effect because you need to basically contradict 
that style against the powerhouse that is Christian Bale, Dick Cheney. Right, yeah. The movie's not the supposed film. to be about W. Right. They did that already. They did that already. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But it's played really well on both sides of the coin. And it's definitely got like a super in-your-face message at the end. Yeah. Not so much in-your-face as Black Clansman because that was basically <laughs> yelling at me until it basically said it. Uh-huh. But uh, at the very end of the film, Christian Bale, like, cuts, looks at the camera and just basically does a monologue of, like, I, uh, as Dick Cheney, basically saying, I did this, I held the gun, I pulled the trigger, would you want anyone else to actually do this? Uh-huh. And it's really, like, in your face about it, it's like, well, it makes you think, because at the time, we were in a crisis of the Afghan war of post-9-11, mm-hmm. and it's really like that very ending really sold the rest of the movie for me it's a really good film definitely go check it out okay so on the patented media boat scale it's a go see it oh yeah go see vice this will definitely be up for a lot of awards yeah it will definitely win something i believe the acting award now comes down to christian bale and rami malik yeah uh which if i had to award between the two Ooh. that'd be tough because okay. Christian Bale did phenomenal in this thing. Like, I forgot I was watching Christian Bale. Right. While at the same time, I don't think Ryan Malik has that much of a known presence to where he can basically camouflage or chameleon himself into a role because he's not a known actor figure. Right. So it's weighing the two of established actor playing important role or newcomer actor playing an important person. Yeah, it's a tough thing because they're very, from very different kind of perspectives and very different kind of schools of thought mm-hmm. when you come to what's a good performance. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens come um, the Academy Award nominations, yep. uh, which will hit next week. Uh, yes, next Thursday, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, that was or on Thursday. Wednesday? Wednesday? I believe that was on Thursday. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but, yeah, that's next week. Uh, we'll get the Academy Award nominations. Uh, Any I, other thoughts? I didn't see any movie, new movies. Uh, I caught the like the last two thirds of downsizing. Oh, the um, Mark Wal no, uh, the, the Matt Damon. Matt Damon, not Mark Wahlberg. Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to shrink myself because yeah. the economy's bad. Well, you were right. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that movie was going for, but it did not nail it. Oh, yeah, no, that and first like, half of that movie, like, sells you on one thing and you expect to see more of it, but then, like, time skips and you're, like, also doing something else. I'm like, Yeah, it's what? just, like, and that, th- through the whole, like, in, like second half of Act 2, I was like, this didn't have to have the whole, like, becoming small gimmick. No, it didn't. Like, th- this is just whatever the hell movie Alexander Payne wanted to make. Yep. It's not, it has, like, and they sold it with the gimmick. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is... You know, I liked The Descendants a lot, and this is not The Descendants. No. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, don't don't see downsizing. Not not worth it. Uh, but that's it for uh, movies. So that means it's time to move into television, and we always start television with sports. All right, it's television time. And of course, the top sports story this week is the NFL playoffs, and yes. we have our conference championships. We have the final four yes. uh, entering. Which, ironically, are also the top two teams from each uh, 
Conference. Yeah, it worked out this season as it's supposed to. Yep, uh, the Patriots will be on the road to the number one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Playing in the possible snow in Kansas City. Yikes. Um, whereas the LA Rams will be on the road to the number one seeded New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. This is a toughie. Um, I'm happy actually with most of this because great to see either the Rams or the Saints in the Super Bowl. What a good comeback. Like it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've seen either of those teams. Well, it's going to be a great matchup no matter who makes the Super Bowl because yeah. either you have. Brady Brees, which is the old guys. Right. Or you have Brady Goff, which is old Belichick versus new Big Bay. So you're writing off the Chiefs already? No, no, no. On the other side, <laughs> you could do Kansas City and uh, LA, which uh. is the two hot teams with two young quarterbacks. Or Brees and um, Kansas City. Right. Which also would be the same old guy versus the new guy. I just really, 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 really hope that the Chiefs have a chance here because another Patriots Super Bowl would be so, so boring. So the outside of the only um, Kansas City loss at home, they have outscored their opponents twenty-seven points in the last seventeen games at wow. home. Okay, good news. That's that's but Bodie these well. are the New England Patriots, and this is Tom Brady, <laughs> and this is Bill Belichick. So who the hell knows? And it's playoff Tom and it's Brady. Playoffs. Playoff Tom playoffs. Brady. So everybody knows that that means. Oh, he, he's coming for business. He's yeah. It's this is his time to shine. This is when Brady mode activates. <laughs> Like, is when he knows that there's a ring on the line. Yep. Uh, so, I think oh. the best case scenario, if the Patriots do win, is if the Rams also win. Because I would love to see the Rams just run them up and down the field and have them lose again in the Super Bowl. This is also the eighth straight year that <laughs> yeah. the Patriots have been in the national champion, or the uh, NFC conference game. Yeah. So boring. So boring! <laughs> Anyways... So that, we'll see what happens with that next weekend. Um, in the meantime, other sports are happening. Um, yes. Uh, Heisman Trophy uh, oh, yes. winner. Uh, uh, Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray. Well, has, this is the same sport, but yes, he's yes. entering the NFL Yes, he, he's declared his he will uh, forego his senior years and be eligible for the um, draft in, upcoming in April. Number one pick is the Arizona Cardinals, who, if we remember last year, drafted Josh Rosen. Oh, right. But they have a new head coach who went out and said, I would pick Kyler Murray to be our quarterback. Okay, well, that sounds like <laughs> they're going to get another quarterback. Fun. It's, that's just uh, bad news for, for Josh Rosen. Yeah, I guess so. And, uh, yeah, we'll figure out what he does. Yep. But, yes, uh, the draft is in April. More students will be, yeah, they're students. More students yeah. will be an- announcing their <laughs> declaration yes. Their declaration for the NFL draft as we get closer, which means we get combines in March, yep. and it's going to be great. Any other sports that are happening, or is it just all football all the time right now as we approach uh, uh, Football the is the one that is coming to the end here, so that's why we're mainly yeah. talking about it. Uh, there is, um, they're also doing coaching, new coaching hires for football. Hockey is currently going on. The uh, all-star ballot is currently 
uh, open. Same. So if you want your players in hockey to go to the All-Star game, go online and vote. They are fan votes. Um, in, yeah, I believe that's pretty much all that's going on oh, in terms of sports. Kidoki, cool. All right, then let's move on to television news. All right, and first up. First up, we have a little bit of a follow-up story we mentioned a while, a bit ago, yes. uh, that Megyn Kelly was losing her show on NBC. Yes, after her um, rather racist remarks yes. uh, around Halloween, she basically went off the air in November. Well, now it's official. Uh, Megyn Kelly is no longer involved with NBC to the tune of... $30 million, which was how they basically wrapped up her contract. Right. I believe her contract was at $68 million? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this was, so she basically got paid that in full for two and a half years of work. True. Out of a five-year contract. Yeah. It's crazy, uh, yeah. in other words, <laughs> how much money she's going to get basically for being fired. And yet she won't be done because I'm sure someone else will pick her up for an even bigger contract. Yeah. The, uh, the quote uh, from the network is, the parties have resolved their differences. Megyn Kelly is no longer an employee of NBC. Uh, she was halfway through her three-year uh, $69 million contract. Nice. Not so nice. No. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, and uh, we'll receive the remaining sum. Kelly will be subjected to a non-disparagement clause, though. Limiting what she can say about NBC. So this is the interesting part about <laughs> this. Is this is interesting here. So she can't, like, go if she does get picked up by a network, she can't go on a rant about how NBC fired her. Right. She's Otherwise, literally obligated to not say anything or lest, who knows, maybe that money goes away. NBC can sue her for yeah. the money back. Right. Which I would... I, if she does get on TV, I bet that's exactly what will happen. That would be pretty funny if that was if that happened. I want to put money that that exactly what will happen. That she will at some point slip up, bash NBC either in a tweet or a rant or something, and have to give that money back because she broke her non-sparking clause. But we'll see if that happens. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, maybe hopefully she won't find any work. But we'll see. Uh, moving on, our next story is a little bit of an update about the Oscar hosting question. So, the Oscars are still hostless for now. Yeah, but uh, it is ABC, though, and ABC is making an ABC-like move. Uh, there's a rumor uh, that, well, first of all, it uh, looks like there's going to be pretty much, no matter what, a rotating cast of hosts, a.k.a. people coming in and out uh, to do some sort of hosting duties for the show. Uh, but because it's ABC, which of course is part of the enormous Disney collective. The House of Mouse. You could call it that, yes. Uh, they may even bring on the stars of the Avengers movies uh, to help them host the show. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, following the success of the 2012, uh, 12's uh, first Avengers movie, the 2013 mm -hmm. telecast, had all the Avengers on stage together. Right, uh, so and there was a big deal about that because... It's, it's the Avengers. It made a billion dollars. So this would make some sense considering the Oscars are on February 24th and Avengers Endgame is just a couple months later in April. So. I mean, it's definitely a synergistic move of Disney to do this. Uh, they can promote not just Marvel through it, but other Marvel-related platforms, yeah. streaming service. This would make some sense. 
So, yeah. Uh, Disney just plugging away. Plus, if they're going to pull from the 30-plus actors, I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you want to tune in to watch the Avengers come out? To see who shows up. Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, I'm going to watch the Oscars no matter what. Well, yes. That is regardless. <laughs> <laughs> that is not why I'm going to be tuning in. Uh, for some adventures to show up. No. Uh, but yes, I will be watching. So we'll see what happens. Yep. All right. That's it for television news. Uh, did you watch any new TV this week? I did because TV is new this week. TV, uh, some TV is back this week. Yes, we had some some returns of some uh, of our favorite shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine on yep. NBC and uh, the Good Place, and uh, what else? Say yes to the dress. Say yes to the dress. <laughs> the, the Good Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is us. Is also this week. Uh, but yeah, uh, TV is returning this week, and with it, a new show. All right, so you watched a new show. Uh, I tried to watch a new show, actually. Tried. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. What is this? Uh so NBC or NBC Fox. Uh, Fox is the passage. I don't even know what this is. So you don't probably don't watch a lot of Fox TV then. Uh, no. I know what this is because it's, I watch yeah. Gordon Ramsay's shows, which right. are all Fox. Yeah. Uh, 24 Hours to Hell and Back and uh, Hell's Kitchen. So I get these um, ads of Fox shows. So I decided to turn it on because it was new. And I literally had nothing else to watch. Right. That being said, I turned it off halfway through because I couldn't stand it. Yeah. Um, this is about this is a, about a secret wow original secret <laughs> government facility uh, working on a cure to all diseases. Whoa! Which they succeed in, but there's a side effect. The people who <laughs> um, are basically become disease free have the tendency to want to eat blood. What? Eat blood? Yes. Okay. Because they want to consume blood. All right. They're Note, vampires. they're not vampires. Okay. They're they not specifically vampires. say in the show they're not vampires. We do not use the <laughs> war term vampires around them. Huh. Even though they are disease free, they live forever, and they want to eat blood. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, but they're not vampires. How about that? And so. There's an outbreak of a new virus in China, which they have two months before it reaches U.S. soil, supposedly. So, in order to fast-track trials, they have to basically kidnap a little girl and get her to go through the trials in order to basically see if the tests they've done are basically worthwhile to save humanity. Huh. Okay. Because the, the cure they have works best with younger patients. So they may not be able to save all the adults, but they definitely save the kids. <laughs> huh? Exactly. Well, that's why I turned it off. Show? <laughs> this is based off a book series, apparently. Really? Okay. And that's why I turned it off. I see why they stuck this in January, though, because, like, <laughs> nobody cares. I did not care. Yeah, like, this is so stupid. Like, the first, like, pre-commercial break was interesting. It gave a lot of facts out. Like, okay, yeah, I can get on board with this. And then they said, this little girl's going to be the cure. I was like, nope. <laughs> I've seen this show already. Yeah. Uh, I've seen goes. this on NBC. I've seen this on ABC. <laughs> this has been a rehash of an idea. No thank you. 
Yeah. You can throw vampires in it, but nope, they're not vampires. <laughs> Therefore, I don't care. Fair enough. But yeah, so yeah, that's, that sounds that's the passage. It's pretty dumb. I didn't care for it. I will not be watching another episode. Um, good luck, the passage. <laughs> good luck to the passage. See ya. It's a weird title, too. <laughs> uh, it's a weird <laughs> title, too. The Passage. The Passage. That doesn't at all tell me what that is. Well, because I didn't understand. Because I thought it was just about, like, a disease. Because like, that's what, like, Pathogen. A Passage. A passage. Yeah. Like, okay, it's a disease show. Like, you're trying to cure a disease. Okay, I get it. Cool. And then the first episode, you basically say, we have the cure. We just need to convince people of the cure. It's like, yeah. Uh, that's not what I was sold on. What if the cure was the band, The Cure? Like, they, they just have to constantly be yeah, playing music? Yeah, they have to show up. Uh, like, it's a, like a benefit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, did you watch anything else? Any other new television this week? Uh, new television? Yes. Oh. No, I no, did not. nothing. <laughs> I still haven't even watched The Brooklyn Nine-Nine. What? I watched The Good Place, but I haven't watched The Brooklyn Nine-Nine yet. It's pretty good. I heard it's good. All right. They definitely use the bleeps and blurs. (laughs) Oh, I heard. Uh, So that's it then for television, which means we move into cancellations and renewals. All right. What is gone? What is gone is I Love You America on Hulu. Uh, And that's that's the Sarah Sarah Silverman Silverman. uh, newsy-ish satire show. Yep. Uh, Canceled after two seasons there. Uh, but the rest are renewals. Uh, Star Wars Resistance on the Disney Channel. Right. That's the uh, sequel to Star Wars Clone Wars, which is a sequel to Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> no, Wait, oh, sorry. Other way around. Reverse, yes. Yes, reverse. Scratch Star that. Rebels. Reverse it. Uh, two, uh, it will get a second season. Okay. So, first season worked. Criminal Minds on CBS will get a 15th season. Uh, 15th season? Keep going. Why does it keep going? Because there's lots of criminals, and guess what? They all have minds. You realize that's like over half our lives. That's true. (laughs) Why? So you think you can dance? uh, Similarly, get a 16th season on Fox. Yeah, that's an easy show for them to renew. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of production. I mean, there's a lot of production that goes into it, but it's basically based on the talent and live studio audience. Never ends. People love. It's a good summer show. Yeah, people. When nothing's on. That is it for the, the cancellations and renewals, which means we move into deaths. All right, who got canceled? This seems to be, this week, made up for all the non-death weeks we've had this year so far. Yeah. We're four episodes in, and this is the first time we're doing a death segment. All right, this one got hit pretty hard, But, though. yeah, it was a rough week because we lost Carol Channing, age 97, who, of course, a famous actress from uh, musicals, uh, such as Hello, Dolly! and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Uh, won a Tony back in 1964. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, one of the most beloved Broadway uh, actors Actresses. of all time. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Carol Channing definitely will be missed. Uh, Verna Bloom, age 84, also left us actress from uh, movies such as Animal House and The Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, Sanger D. Schaefer, also age 84, uh, was a country songwriter. Uh, most notably wrote All My Exes Live in Texas for George Strait. Hey, I like so that song. There you go. Uh, J.D. Gibbs, ooh, young, uh, age 49. Uh, he was a race car driver and the co-owner of Joe Gibbs Racing. If uh, that's all you'd ask our fans out there. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, Joe Andres, uh, age 64. He was a filmmaker. She. Uh, sorry. My bad. 
She was a filmmaker, uh, made uh, the film Black Kites, a choreographer as well, uh, choreographed, 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 the imposters, and uh, the wife of Steve Buscemi, which Aww. I did not realize. Aww, yeah. poor Steve Buscemi. Uh. So yeah, uh, some rough ones this week. Um, yeah, but that means it's time. To move on to music. Oh, we'll go ahead and we start music with the Billboard. Billboard charts. We start with your Hot 100, which is your top single. All right. And right now, everyone is listening to Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee. Number one song after being in the top five or two weeks now. Yep. That's that uh, Spider-Man soundtrack. Yeah, it's exciting. It's good. Uh, number two is Without Me by Halsey. Dropping, uh, dropping after being number one last week. Uh, number three is Thank You, Comma, Next by Ariana Grande. Dropping. S- still one there. Spot. And number four is Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Still there. Uh, still at four. And still at number five, High High Hopes uh, by Panic at the Disco. Yep. Uh, the, that's basically just a shuffle of yeah. your top five. They just shuffled. Yeah. Yep. All high. Yeah, your top three <laughs> shuffled around. Uh, for your Billboard 200, your album's a lift. What's the number one album in the country? You called this, by the way, last week. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh... I don't remember calling this, but... You did. I remember saying it was it was hanging around, so it was only a matter of time. Yep. Hoodie season! <laughs> yeah. Uh, by A Boogie With The Hoodie <laughs> uh-huh. is your number one album. That was your number one album, and I, you know what that means. I, believe I had to listen had to it. had to listen to this thing. <laughs> I'll get to that later. Uh, number two dropping was is I Am Greater Than I Was by yep. 21 Savage. Last week's number one. Number three is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse by uh, various artists. The soundtrack. The soundtrack. Number four is Championships by Meek Mill. Yep. And number five, your favorite, Beer Bongs and Bentleys Ugh. by Post Malone. See, so yeah, another example of just another shuffle. Yep. Alright. There you go. So, what are you going to be listening to? I don't know what I'm going to be listening to. You should tell the people what is new this week. Well, <laughs> I keep messing this bit up. <laughs> yeah, you're really, you're really mad at this. Tell me what the new res- uh, new records out this week are. Well, I don't know what we're listening to, but here are the new records. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Uh, we have Deer Hunter with Why Hasn't Everything Already Disappeared? I will be checking this out. You like some Deer Hunter? Uh, in the past, I have enjoyed Deer Hunter. I saw them live once. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'll be checking out this new record. We have Future with The Wizard. This is Future Rapper Future? Yes, Future the Rapper. Future the Rapper. This will probably be number one next week. I'll probably have to listen to this. Uh, two weeks. Yeah, two, it takes sorry. them two weeks to right, get on there. Yeah. Yep, uh, we have James Blake with Assume Form. Okay. Uh, What's this form? We have Joe Jackson, not that Joe <laughs> not Jackson. Not that Joe Jackson. Jackson, he's dead. Joe Jackson. Not Joe Jackson. With Ford, or Fool, my bad, Fool. Fool. We have Juliana Hatfield with Weird. Weird. We have Maggie Rogers with Heard It in a Past Life. Uh, the return of Mike Posner. Oh, right. That guy. With a real good kid. Speaking of... Oh, yeah, I heard that guy. Papa Roach. Uh. With <laughs> who do you trust? Not Question Papa Roach. Roach. <laughs> and not Kid Rock. We also have Pedro the Lion with Phoenix. Notable because it's their first uh, rec- release, record release in like 15 years or something. Okay. We also have Sharon Von Etten. With Remind Me Tomorrow. I will be checking this out as well. We also have Switchfoot. Yes, that that's Switchfoot. Switch They're still around. Somehow. With Native Tongue. We also have The Twilight Sad. With It Won't Be Like This All the Time. Well, which is good. what I tell myself every day in the mirror. 
<laughs> and lastly, Toro E. Moy with Moi. Moy with Outer Peace. Sure. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's a lot. That ran the gamut. That's that's quite a list there. That's a little quite bit a of everything. And that wasn't everything on the list, by the way. That oh, yeah. was only the names I recognized. I, I believe so too. Yes, isn't that crazy? Like that's a lot of different uh, choices, and that's not even the whole list. So if you're wondering where have all my new releases been, here they are. Here you are. Welcome to 2019. Something 2019 officially begins with music here. Yeah, really There is does. something for everyone to enjoy this week that is new, that is fresh. Check it out. Check it out. Also, check out these news stories. Yeah, speaking of checking stuff out. So we talked about the Super Bowl already, but what else is happening at the Super Bowl? Uh, apparently there's going to be an interrupted concert. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Sometimes they'll just play music in the middle of it. It's weird. I know. During the National Championship game, Imagine Dragons came out. And then Lil <laughs> Wayne started in a... Big ass coat. I guess is the only way I can yeah. describe it. I, I, can, I have a question. Answer. Can Little Wayne imagine those dragons? I believe he had to because he seemed <laughs> kind of drunk when he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> he was performing. I personally, as we know, you cannot, cannot imagine those dragons. You just cannot imagine I just the dragons. Can't. I can't do it. Anyways. Anyways. What's our news stories this week? Our news our news story about the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> Uh, as we called here at the Need Boat Podcast, yes. the Super Bowl has officially confirmed that uh, Maroon 5, right? Uh, yes, Adam Levine, yes. and his other four bandmates, Whoever the technically hell five bandmates, I no, four? don't know. I believe there are six members the in Maroon 5. I don't know if the five has ever meant anything. I don't think so. I believe yeah. there's, there's always been six members in Maroon 5. <laughs> Which is why just calling it them is weird. It's, it's, it should be Adam Levine and the Maroon 5. Yes. But yes, uh, this past Sunday, uh, Maroon 5 was officially confirmed yes. to be the Super Bowl halftime show. But they won't be alone. No. Because uh, joining them in Atlanta on February 3rd are some Atlanta artists, including uh, former Outcast member Big Boy yes. and rapper Travis Scott. One thing I want to note here, uh, in case you're wondering, um, some people did their due diligence and they asked in an interview Travis Scott about this, about how he felt about doing this, uh, considering the state of the league and the protests that have been happening. Right. As we had reported on, Rihanna yes. was asked, but had declined. Well, apparently Travis Scott did some extra legwork and actually spoke to Colin Kaepernick himself ah. and got Colin Kaepernick's okay to perform at the performance. So, hmm. yeah, uh, I guess that there's, th like, even if it's still kind of weird um, to have somebody who is an Atlanta native like that, like, uh, be on the big stage to, of course, share it with Maroon 5, but still, yes. uh, to, and to have Colin Ka Kaepernick's okay, it's a, that's a smart move, and I'm glad he did it. So, yeah, it'll be a little less weird. Right, but with these acts, I have a feeling that this show will be more like the Madonna show of yeah. past years, where right. they'll come out, they'll sing their songs, and then move over to featured acts and Which, completely forget about them. You know what? I'm okay with that, because I don't need to hear 30 straight minutes of Room 5. Well, you know, they, ha they, they do have... Like, well-known songs. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to hear them. This is what I'm trying to tell you. I don't want to hear Maroon 5. I'm going to have to hear Maroon 5, but I want to hear as little Maroon 5 as possible. 
Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe they should have <laughs> stuck with some more like well-known Atlanta acts. But yeah, big boy also yep. uh, from Atlanta, and uh, but notably uh, absent will be his partner in uh, Outcast, Andre 3000. Yeah, apparently Andre 3000 was also in talks to perform, and he said no. would make that an Outcast reunion. Yeah, it would have, which would have been interesting. Yeah, but that's not happening. Nope. It didn't. Uh, it didn't happen. Nope. Uh, he declined or was never asked. Something. Uh, but yeah, the last time Outcast was actually together was when they did a tour back in 2014. Uh, so this would have been a five year, five years since then, which would have been a nice round number. Yeah, it would have been. But so long for that because it's not happening. Do you, would you expect Big Boy to pull out a song anyways? Big Boy might be doing another solo record. He's done several. Okay. Uh, him and Andre both. I thought he was just really a producer. Since. No, no, no. Uh, he's uh, he does uh, solo records as well. Okay. He put out. I think he put out a record more recently than Andre has. Well, because I know Andre three thousand went to try to do some acting route. Yeah, he, he did some acting for a while as well. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they both had solo careers. Okay. Well, speaking of solo careers, some people have illustrious careers. It's true. Yes. They're so grand, in fact, they, they may end up in the Hall of Fame. So this is a follow-up story. Uh, we had previously reported that, uh, I guess, the short list of nominees for this, but now here are the inductees. Yep, we have the inductees for the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and they include Dallas Austin, which is two people, which is one person and not two cities. <laughs> uh, Missy Elliott. Yes, that Missy Elliott. Uh, Tom T. Hall. John Prine, Jack Temchin, and Cat Stevens, a.k.a. Yusuf Islam? Yeah, he's recorded under both names. Okay. <laughs> uh, they will become the latest inductees into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Uh, it's the organization's 50th annual induction, and awards dinner will take place on June 13th. I'd say this is a really, really solid list. I mean, Missy Elliott, I mean, she's yep. been right, like, she was a huge artist in her day and has been yep. writing st- consistently since. Yep. Uh, she will be the first black female, well, female rapper, period. Yeah. But also a uh, black female rapper. So, yeah, very, very exciting. And then, uh, uh, yeah, the rest of the, 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 the lineup here is equally, if not as important to songwriting as a whole so yeah uh it's 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 good news yep uh the ceremony will take place in new york times square at the marriott marquee hotel right additional special awards and honorees will be announced soon so yeah that's exciting so cool Uh, all right that's it for our music news all right that brings us to thoughts and that means we get to hear your thoughts on the boogie with the hoodie so there's two things uh, wrong, wrong with this 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 record. First off, okay, how much is Boogie on it? Uh, well, well, no. Uh, well, there, I, yeah, that's true. The the best moments in this record are when I was awakened from my uh, wanton slumber, being so bored of uh, the Boogie uh, Boogie with the hoodie or however the hell you say it, uh, and there was other people on it. I got very excited. Because when there's other people going on, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. As soon as there's another, yet another song, and what I mean by yet another, this album clocks in at an hour and four minutes. So is this a double album? I mean, it's not been advertised as thus, but it but definitely has hour, the same amount a, of at an hour tracks a double album. as a double album. This is about the same length as Drake's Scorpion, for reference. 
Okay. Uh, but yeah, or maybe a little shorter than Scorpion. But uh, but yeah, that's the only because it just all sounds so much the same. So that's my number one problem with a boogie with the hoodie. My second problem with the boogie with the hoodie, I have only seen one picture of that man with a hoodie. <laughs> every reference photo I've seen of every website, like music website I've seen covering this dude, he's never wearing a hoodie. Really? I'm like, how can you call yourself a boogie with the hoodie if you're never in a hoodie? And then finally, his picture on Spotify has him in a hoodie. And I was like, well, like, there you on go. On the album cover? No, he's not, I don't, no, it's a cartoon version of him on the album cover. Ugh. So he's not even in a hoodie in the album cover. <sighs> so I was like, if you're going to call yourself a boogie with the hoodie, anyways... In the weeds here. But yes, yes. Uh, this is exactly... But anyways, how does he sound? So this is exactly what you think it is. It is a very of-the-moment hip-hop record. And what I mean by that is it's a mix of singing and rapping. And a lot of auto-tune is used. The beats are very much like the trap beats that are really trendy right now. Mm-hmm. And he go- he jumps between styles, but none of them are original they're all styles that are existing and, uh, and uh, done better by other artists. For example, one song he'll be bragging about uh, all his drug use and his and all all this all the women that he's sleeping with. The next song, though, will be about how he has a gun and he's going to use it and he can be violent and you don't want to rile him up. And then the next song will be how he's depressed. And he hates himself, and he gets, and now he's sad all the time, and he needs drugs to help him. It's just that forever, for an hour long. Just that, that, that cycle? Yeah, not necessarily all in a row. Maybe there'll be two fucking songs in a row, and then maybe later there'll be two killing songs in a row. But it's just fuck, kill drugs, and it's just. Who is this for? Like, I get what he's going for because it's like other artists have really capitalized on this. Just two weeks ago, I talked about that 21 Savage record. Mm-hmm. He raps about a lot of that stuff too. But the difference is, is one, production-wise, there's a lot more interesting ha- things happening sonically. Uh, whereas a Boogie with the Hoodie has like a couple of different modes. He's either like singing down here or he's singing up here and he has kind of the same flow every song he doesn't change it up that often and so it's just it was boring it was so incredibly boring and there was no moments where i was like oh that lyric is kind of interesting it was all just like okay all right i guess that is a line i don't know this guy seems to have um really confused people beyond just me because (laughs) it is interesting to note that this is the now the record holder for the least album sales for a number one record of all time how many records do you think this man sold zero it's a streaming you're you're on the right track but i guess they do technically still provide numbers even on a digital only record okay how many what's your what's your uh number I'd say the lowest. Yeah, what do you think this sold? And is the new record? 80,000. You are nowhere close. Way lower. (laughs) 80,000 is a good week now, by the way. That is a good week. That's like an Adele week. That's how low sales of records are now. Wow. Yeah, I know. 
Um, uh, we're talking not even 1,000. What? We're talking 823. Wow, I was way <laughs> off. Yeah, a boogie with the hoodies here, hoodie season has only sold, only sold 823 sales of records. This is not including, of course, streaming numbers. This right. is basically digital sales. This was not released physically in okay. any form. Right. Um, so like iTunes, I bought right, this album. Exactly. Only eight hundred twenty-three, and it still made it number one just on the the, the, same, uh, the the strength of streaming. We're in a new era. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think critic the critics are also confused about this thing. I read a couple of uh, reviews slash articles about, it, and nobody can figure out why he's popular, or like why people have glommed onto him right now when he's kind of just this. Prism in which other styles are being shot through. All right. Okay. What if? Tell me about your theory about my, my theory is that so you know how they have these like click like clickbait farms. <laughs> yes. Where like you can you pay Spotify farm somewhere. Yeah, where you could pay to have like people just sit there and just click on your songs. Yeah. And just have that being. <laughs> Like, your revenue? <laughs> pay for clicks? Yeah, pay for Spotify. If that's what is going on here. someone Because it is, like you said, it is only streaming. So they're not physically buying anything. Yeah. They're just having it played and listened to. Or at least playing yeah. in the background. So like you open 10 tabs, log into 10 accounts, and they're all playing the album on continuous loop somewhere for X amount of days. Because as a computer doesn't turn off, it doesn't necessarily... Say, oh, you're physically listening to this thing. No, it's just on a constant loop of a stream. <laughs> well, whatever it is, my message to you, dear listener, don't listen to Hoodie Season by A Boogie with the Hoodie. That's my weird conspiracy theory of the day. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what ne- the next number one record is. I really hope... This isn't number one. Or actually, no, I do hope this remains number one so I don't have to listen to anything new that I will probably also hate. Right, because you got to wait for two weeks for new stuff to yeah, actually who the hell knows make an impact on the week. charts. Yeah, who knows what it'll be this, this week. I don't even remember what came out last week, if it was if it was something that would become number one or not. So mm, We will see. We'll see. Happens. All right, let's move on. Okay, let's move on to some video game news. Video games blew up this week. Uh, there's a lot of news. Only one new release, but though. Only one new What's release? that release? That is uh, Senran Kagura Burst Re colon Newell for PlayStation and PC. Right. Uh, so I don't know what this is. There's a bunch of uh, other releases that were on the calendar for next week, but because they occur after Wednesday, mm-hmm. we will wait till next week to cover them. But this okay. is the only one in this week that we're currently covering from right. Wednesday to Wednesday. Okay. Uh, there's also probably some Switch releases. Who but knows? that's, uh, you know, console or like Play Store. Yeah. There might be Indie some developers, digital stuff coming out. But, digital stuff. But it wasn't on the calendar. Yep. Yeah. Well, well we have uh, news to talk about we do. here. We have a couple uh, stories here. One, though, that was big. One that's a really big deal. All right. Tell, tell them. So, let, let me tell you. All right, let me ask you. Who owns Destiny? Is it Bungie or is it Activision? So, this uh, a week ago, I would have said kind of both. Because 
as you well know, Bungie, of course, is the team that used to bring you Halo games. Right. That but, was back when they were owned by Microsoft. Right. But when they left, they had to leave the Halo IP with Microsoft. With Microsoft. So what they then announced was that they were going to enter into a 10-year uh, uh, production deal. Production deal, I guess you could say, with Activision, uh, which led to, of course... The series Destiny yep. uh, that led to two retail package, Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, and several expansions and constant updates and a uh, millions of uh, happy uh, players who follow the Destiny uh, stuff as soon as it's released. Yep, uh, Destiny brought us hordes, or not really hordes, but just the never-ending cycle of a video game. Yeah, it, it's cool. I like Destiny in yeah. a lot of ways. Seasons. Seasons. They, yeah. I want to say they're the first ones to do seasons. Yeah, they're not necessarily the first. Maybe first on console. Maybe first on console. The way they did it. Yeah. But definitely, uh, they've now established a pattern that other developers are trying to chase, uh, including EA with this uh, next month's Anthem. Anthem. Yep. So yeah, uh, needless to say, Destiny's a big deal. Uh, well, uh, on Thursday, last Thursday, the developer, uh, Bungie, announced plans for Activision to transfer publishing rights back to the game's creator, as the two companies would be parting ways. Yeah. Yep. Uh, quote, we have enjoyed a successful eight-year run and would like to thank Activision for their partnership on Destiny. Uh, Bungie wrote in a post on its site Thursday, quote, Looking ahead, we're excited to announce plans for Activision to transfer publishing rights for Destiny to Bungie. Uh, with our trademarkable Destiny community, we are ready to publish on our own, while Activision will increase their focus on owned IP projects. Uh, the planned transition process is already underway in its early stages, with uh, Bungie and Activision both committed to making sure the handoff is as seamless as possible. Yes. Uh, the game will continue to receive full support on Battle.net, which is owned by uh, Activision. Yeah. Uh, and we do not, uh, and uh, Bungie does not anticipate any disruption to their service or your gameplay experience. So yeah, this was a little bit of a lot of text, but the reason why I included both of those quotes is because those are the two biggest questions about this. Right. One, of course, was will this interrupt or change how Destiny is is played or or uh, treated right now, and the answer from Bungie is no. It'll go as expected. It will continue going as the fans need it to go. There will be no interruption. And then the second half is wait. What about Battle.net? The whole deal with Destiny Two is that it wasn't going to be on Steam. It was going to be on exclusive on Battle.net, and that it was going to like live there forever, essentially. And that's where you would launch it. Is that still going to be the case when they're no longer in the Activision camp? Well, Bungie says yes, it will be. Uh, so this is a big surprise, to me at least. I was sure that they would bail and go to like some sort of, um, uh, maybe, say, Epic Game Store. <laughs> uh, and That uh, would be a big grab for them. Uh, but this allows them to kind of um, stick around where they already are for a little bit longer. This is nice uh, for Destiny players, so nothing will change for them. Right. But it does mean that Destiny's future content is kind of in Bungie's hands right now. Yeah, uh, which also means... So this is an interesting kind of wrinkle to this that I read about uh, today. Uh, 
uh, somebody was floating the idea of Activision was the ones basically forcing their hands with retail release like box Destiny games. Mm-hmm. There would have not necessarily been a Destiny 2 at all if Activision wasn't like showing them a calendar and being like, we need a tentpole release in September of this year. Right. So what are the chances that there may never be a Destiny 3? What if Destiny 2 just becomes Destiny again and they just use that as an update platform and just treat it like World of Warcraft from here on out and just put stuff out I'd say you all the time. I'd say make a third one, call it Destiny Unlimited. Okay. And Destiny then, Infinite. Destiny Infinite. <laughs> and then just have that be your constant update. That way you control everything and there was no outside influences involved yeah. in Destiny. Maybe. Uh, so there's a lot of options for them here. With complete freedom though, uh, yeah, who knows what they're going to do. Right, but do also note that not everything that bad happened with Destiny and its releases is Activision's fault. As I've been reading on some blog posts, the team at Bungie can and still have trouble with release dates and sticking to them. That's true. Like, this isn't going to stop. This isn't just going to magically make everything that Bungie does good again. Uh, They're not infallible. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think you're right. I think ultimately there are still some problems just with the like, base of what Destiny is and the engine that they work with that is just not going to be perfect. But uh, it'll be really, really interesting, though, is what their future plans, uh, when they do reveal what their future plans for the series will be, though. So, Bungie is no longer tied to Activision and no longer right. tied to any big overhanging company. Yeah, they're, they're, own, they're own publisher now. Does Microsoft buy them back? No, no, I don't think so. I think they're out of that Microsoft's business. Microsoft's on a buying spree. I'm just saying. I don't think that they're in that business anymore. I think 343 is doing a good job with Halo games. Uh, they're not as important, you could say, as they were back in the Bungie days. Uh, but ultimately, uh, 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 Microsoft's not really in the market for big tentpole releases anyways. <laughs> That's not what he trades in, or what they trade in anymore. So it's like, I don't think that... A big, a big purchase like Bungie would make sense for them. I think that Bungie's going to do just fine on their own. Alright, do they branch off and do something else? Uh, I mean, this gives them the freedom to. They're not trapped in the Destiny hole. Anymore. I want to say... I say they still they focus split. on uh, Destiny, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see them putting out like a mobile game or something small. I want to say they take the Blizzard route where Destiny becomes their World of Warcraft Yes. while they have other games cooking. Yeah. I could see, like, a smaller team at Bungie giving us something a little smaller, a little more, like, experimental, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just the shooters that they've always made. Yep. So, Oni 2. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Oni 2 is not going to happen. Okay. Uh, you did say this was a 10-year contract. They ended after 8, though. Yeah, I know. They broke it early, which means Activision must have been fairly understanding and... Uh, or received a pay, them. or received a payout, or received a buyout. A buyout. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Anyways, we have other stories to talk about. We do. Uh, that being of dances, but not in Fortnite. Apparently, <laughs> this is a follow-up story to our story about the Fortnite dances. Uh, but other games had dances too, and we kind of mentioned this. Yeah. Uh, so the Carlton and the Floss, uh, both dances, are no longer available in Forza Horizon Four. Which is a racing game, so does your car dance? No, the the drivers, you can 
to a certain extent, customize your avatar that drives the car. Okay. And in between um, driving, you do see your character out and about, either talking to the organizers of the Horizon Festival or sometimes, say, on a mountaintop doing a dance, <laughs> such as the Floss. Whatever. Well, develop- anymore. developers turn 10 studios and playground games quietly removed the dances, uh, the dance emotes from the game's Big Series 5 update on Tuesday. Yeah. About a month after uh, both the uh, both actor Alfonso Ribeiro and um, the Backpack Kid sued Epic Games for their moves, which we covered. Technically the family of the Backpack Kid. Yeah, technically the family of the Backpack Kid. The Backpack Kid can't sue anybody. He's, he's like... A, he's a kid. Yes. <laughs> yes, as they both sued uh, Epic Games for their dance moves. Right. Which is going to be an ongoing legal battle. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I included this because it's kind of interesting that you see preemptive action happening. Oh yeah, from no, other they developers. took it away. Like they, they don't want like if come after them. Too. If they actually have a winning case against Fortnite, that means right. nobody can do nobody it. can use them. Right. So yeah, I think it's smart for them to get ahead of it uh, and drop the at least the two most litigious dances. From what I understand, though, there are other dances in the game still. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Just the only two that were removed because of I guess how much heater on them. Right, and it makes sense because they're the big ones that are going to court right now. Right. And should they win, that means other publishers, meaning them, would have to pay because they use okay, it. And so it's like, oh, no, see, we, we, we don't have to pay. We got it off. We, we don't use it anymore. Yeah, look at us. We're good. We're good. We're in the clear here. Sorry. Yeah. That's it. So that's it. Uh, that brings us to thoughts. Do you have any thoughts? I did not play any of the new video games. I still somehow am uh, suffering through Smash Brothers. I've just kind of settled on the spirit board mode, which is basically like I'm just going to fight these spirits not in the proper spirit map and try to like grind levels out of my spirits mm. to make them stronger. So that way, eventually, I can go back and actually beat the, the battles I couldn't win before. Also, I'm getting real good with Wii Fit Trainer. Ooh. That is my character right now. Wii, That's your main? Wii Fit Trainer. You're maining a Wii Fit Trainer? I'm maining Wii Fit Trainer. <laughs> I want to be the only person that's really good with Wii Fit Trainer. That's my goal here. Because I think it's the stupidest character in the entire roster. It's so amazing. And I want to get really good with it. So, yeah. That's what I've been doing. All right. Well, it is the 16th, which means we are officially 13 days away from Kingdom Hearts 3. We are. For those of you who know, 13 is a prominent number in the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh That's why I bring it up. So, um, as such, uh, the Twitter... For uh, Kingdom Hearts has been revealing one day at a time new concept art for their characters. Wait, the, the universe of one day at a time is going to be in Kingdom Hearts? Uh, actually, yeah, it may be. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> how big that game is. Uh, I've been reading up on a lot of it, of news on Kingdom Hearts, but uh-huh. I will divulge most of that next week uh, as I get ready to gear for the anticipated release of Kingdom Hearts 3. Cool. It is going to be a massive game, yeah. Both in size, sales, scope, and hopefully critical praise. We'll see. Jury's we'll still see. out on that one. The game it, has to come out first. It definitely does. But that does it for us. Then that will do it. That's it for video games. That's it for the Media Boat Podcast. So plug away. So we'll be back next week. Uh, every Wednesday, we're here doing this live show for you uh, around. 5.45-ish. We need to actually pick a time. Yeah. I think. Uh, starting next week. Uh, but yeah, you can see us live, though, on Wednesday nights at some point. 
Um, uh, if you follow us on YouTube, go to youtube.com, search Media Book Podcast, find our channel, like and subscribe, if I may uh, borrow the parlance, and uh, you'll get notifications when we go live, which is very helpful to us. You can also hear the audio version of our podcast, which is on all sorts of podcast uh, services, such as Apple Podcasts, search Media Book Podcast, and you'll find us. You can also uh, find us on our website, mediaboatpodcast.com, where you can see an archive of our written work. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at, at @mediaboatcast. We're on Facebook. We have a page under Media Boat Cat Podcast. And uh, we're on Twitch.tv. We'll be streaming some Kingdom Hearts when that comes out. Oh, so yeah. Check us out on Twitch.tv slash Mediaboat. And lastly, you can find us on Patreon.com, where you can help us out as little as a dollar donation every month can help us uh, make our content even better and bigger and more bombastic. So nice help word. us out by becoming a patron today. All right, that's it. We'll see you guys next week with another edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Yeah. Bye. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.